Hey, everybody. I'm Jenny Stone, and you're listening to Season 8, Episode 8 of HR Rescue, Preventing and Correcting Discrimination and Harassment in a Remote Environment. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The HR Rescue Podcast provides business owners, new HR professionals, and HR Department of One with solutions and guidance on some of the most common HR issues. You can find us at hr-rescue.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Now let's get into today's episode. While remote work offers many benefits for both employees and employers alike, the lack of visibility can create an environment where discrimination and harassment go unnoticed and uncorrected. In addition, the blurring of boundaries between work and home may prompt some employees to engage in behavior they would avoid in the office, and the conditions of remote work may have a disparate negative impact on certain protected groups. It's critical for any employer with a remote or hybrid workforce to take steps to prevent these risks from materializing and promptly correct any incidents of discrimination or harassment that do occur. Today, I'll share some steps an employer with a remote or hybrid workforce should take to prevent and correct workplace discrimination and harassment. Step one, identify issues. An employer should begin by identifying potential issues with discrimination or harassment among its remote or hybrid workforce. A remote or hybrid work environment can both exacerbate existing issues and create new ones, so it's important to take a broad view of the work environment when performing this initial assessment. It is important to remember that any employee can be the perpetrator or target of harassment or discrimination, regardless of an individual's demographics. In addition, harassment and discrimination can be committed by non-employees, such as clients or customers. These incidents may go undetected by the employer if customer or client interactions take place remotely unless an employee reports the incident. Remote harassment may include making unwanted sexual advances or sharing sexually explicit content via instant messaging, email, or video conferencing applications, taking and or circulating screenshots of other employees without consent, with or without sexually explicit or derogatory remarks, disseminating derogatory statements through company communication channels that target individuals based on protected characteristics, such as race, religion, or national origin, threatening or verbally abusing an employee based on a protected characteristic, and any other unwelcome behavior based on protected characteristics that is sufficiently severe or pervasive that it creates a hostile work environment. In some cases, remote work may have a discriminatory impact. While not every disparity that exists between on-site and remote employees is discriminatory in the legal sense, if remote employees are more or less likely to be members of one or more protected classes than on-site employees, disparate impact issues may arise. For example, if female employees more frequently opt for remote work, remote work policies may have a disparate impact along gender lines. In addition, for the purposes of employee morale and engagement, it is in an employer's best interest to ensure that employees have equivalent opportunities in the workplace, regardless of their work location. The following is a non-exhausted list of potential disparate impact issues that may arise with remote or hybrid workforce. Technological or other logistical barriers to effective remote work may be correlated with certain protected characteristics. In workplaces with both remote and in-person employees, remote employees may be at a disadvantage for networking projects, promotions, or other aspects of the employment relationship. Positions that are or are not well-suited to remote work may be disproportionately held by individuals with certain protected characteristics. 
Certain employees with disabilities may be less able to effectively work and communicate in a remote work setting. Video conferencing may inadvertently lead to disclosure of information regarding an employee's protected characteristics, such as religion or sexual orientation. And actual or perceived gaps of skills in use in remote working technology may correlate with certain protected characteristics. Step two, seek feedback from employees. After identifying the potential harassment and discrimination issues associated with remote work, an employer should seek feedback from its employees regarding their experiences. An employee survey can provide valuable starting point in this effort. Questions should address issues such as whether employees have experienced or witnessed harassment or discrimination while working remotely, and if so, how frequent or severe was it? Whether particular communication tools such as video conference, instant message, or remote events like virtual social events or one-on-one -on -one meetings are particularly prone to discriminatory or harassing behavior. Whether employees know how to handle instances of discriminatory or harassing behavior. For example, do they know how to report? Whether employees feel free to raise concerns and reports and uh, report incidents of harassment and discrimination. Whether employees believe reports of remote harassment or discrimination will be taken seriously by the employer and addressed promptly. Whether the employees believe the remote work environment has created or worsened any disparities along the lines of protected characteristics. And any steps employees believe the employer should take to prevent or mitigate discrimination and harassment in the remote environment. The employer should assure employees that all survey responses will be confidential and offer survey takers the option to remain anonymous. The survey can also ask employees if they'd be willing to provide contact information for follow-up on a voluntary basis. Step three, develop clear policies. Every organization should have a policy prohibiting discrimination, harassment, and retaliation on the basis of an employee's protected characteristics, such as race, sex, religion, and disability. With a remote workforce, it's important to update these policies to specify that they continue to apply regardless of where or how the work is being performed. In particular, it may be helpful to clarify that the company policies prohibiting discrimination and harassment apply to all use of company technology and systems, including email, video conferencing programs, instant messaging programs, and any other communication tools. All terms and conditions of employment, including assignments, scheduling, eligibility for promotions and raises, benefits and working arrangements, including eligibility for remote work, and informal as well as formal gatherings and meetings involving company personnel, including remote happy hours or other social events. Policy should spell out not only what conduct is prohibited, but also the consequences for violations and how employees may make reports or raise concerns. Policies should also address third-party harassment and discrimination, such as that committed by a client, contractor, or customer. Employees should be encouraged to report these incidents, and the policy should describe the actions the employer may take in response up to and including declining to work with the perpetrator in the future if behavior is sufficiently severe or continues after the perpetrator receives a verbal or written warning. Step four, adapt reporting systems. An employer should ensure that reporting systems for discrimination and harassment are fully accessible to remote employees. This may entail implementing an online reporting system if one is not already in place. A reporting system should allow for different situations an employee may wish to report or raise concerns about and should not be a one-size-fits-all. For example, 
An employee may wish to obtain advice about whether a particular situation constitutes harassment or discrimination before making a formal report. Or a manager may want guidance on how to handle a discrimination or harassment-related concern on their team. In these situations, a confidential conversation with an HR representative may be appropriate as a first step. The reporting system should allow an individual to select a desired outcome of the report or query, such as meeting with an HR representative by phone or video conference if necessary, a formal written complaint, or other options in accordance with the organization's policies. However, an employer should take zero-tolerance approach to particularly egregious instances of discriminatory or harassing conduct. Individuals who have experienced or witnessed these situations should be encouraged via language in the reporting system to proceed straight to making a formal report or complaint. It is important to make the reporting system easily accessible and publicize where and how employees can access it. For example, if employees typically access important information on the company intranet, the employer can prominently display a link to, ex to access the reporting system on the intranet homepage. When launching a new system, an employer should communicate how to access and use it via email or other channels typically used for employee communications. And finally, it's critical to ensure that all reports of discrimination and harassment are handled promptly and appropriately and that employees who submit reports or raise concerns are informed of the status of the reports and the company's response within the limits of the information that can be shared while respecting any relevant confidentiality concerns for the individuals involved. Step five, train employees and managers. An employer should provide training on its policies prohibiting discrimination and harassment, including how they apply in a remote environment. For employees and managers alike, training should include information on what constitutes discrimination and harassment, particular concerns in a remote environment, consequences of violating the organization's policies, how to make a report or raise concerns, and the right to report discrimination or harassment without fear of retaliation. Training for managers should include information on their responsibilities for preventing discrimination and harassment on their teams, with particular emphasis on the importance of proactive and frequent communication in a remote environment. As many employees are likely to feel more comfortable speaking to their direct supervisor than making a formal report with human resources, Managers should be encouraged to check in frequently with their team members and create a supportive team where employees feel comfortable raising these concerns. Managers should also be instructed on how to respond to an employee's reported discrimination, harassment, and their legal obligation to avoid retaliating against an employee who raises concerns about discrimination or harassment or engages in other forms of protected activity. Step six, examine organizational practices. Based on information gathered from the employee survey and other sources, an employer may wish to re-examine some organizational practices that have been identified as contributing to the discrimination or harassment in a remote environment. These may include allowing and or encouraging employees to use virtual backgrounds on video conferencing meetings to avoid unwanted intrusions into an individual's home life. Allowing flexibility surrounding the use of video and virtual meetings unless there's a business reason that an employee needs to appear on the camera. Increasing monitoring of informal communication channels, such as instant messaging programs. Providing a way for employees with technological or logistical barriers to remote work to request reimbursement from the employer to purchase things to mitigate these issues, like an upgraded internet connection, home office equipment, or particular technological tools within a specified budget. 
or offering training to employees who indicate a desire to work remotely, but may be unfamiliar with the necessary systems and technologies to do so. In addition, if an employer has designated certain roles as unsuitable for remote work, it should examine whether there's truly a business reason for this designation, or if these roles could be partially or fully remote with some adjustments that would not be overly disruptive to the business. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode of HR Rescue. And thanks to our podcast content contributors, the Expert HR Editorial Team. You can find more information about Expert HR at www.experthr.com. The opinions expressed in this program do not represent legal advice, nor should they necessarily be taken as the views of HR Shield or its employees.